Well, hey, friends, welcome to Enough for Today for October the 3rd. It's Monday, and we are off to a new week. Now, I'm pre-recording because as of, uh, as of Monday today, we will be starting a pastor's retreat with 52 pastors and their wives in Orlando, Florida. So pray for us. This will be a, a week of, of deep expenditure as we mentor, encourage, and invest into um, younger, mostly younger couples that are in the ministry, but friends that serving serving the Lord really from all across the country that are coming together for four days of development. We have a small team with us, uh, a guest or two that are coming in to speak, and it'll be a great time. So I really hope you'll pray for us this week. And we're coming off of just an amazing weekend and uh, late last week. I told you about it, you prayed, and God answered your prayer. So thank you for supporting us in it. Uh, Thursday, we began the worship conference all day with Keith and Kristen Getty with 100 church leaders from 18 different states. I forget, uh, several dozen churches represented. And uh, we just were blessed greatly on Thursday by Keith Getty's teaching. And then Thursday night, I think it'll just go down in my memory as one of the greatest nights in church in the history of my life. Um, about 1,100, 1,000 to 1,100 voices filling the room, our church auditorium packed, and uh, a, a wonderful team of musicians, Keith and Kristen leading the way, and two, really two hours of singing some rich hymns and songs of the faith and being blessed by uh, the, by some great gifts, and we're just so so thankful for a wonderful evening of worship. To hear a thousand voices singing, Christ, my hope in life and death, uh, and in Christ alone, it just doesn't get any better than that. So if you were a part of it, thank you. If you volunteered, thank you. It was just a great, great time. Then Friday, we continued the worship conference with our team, uh, taking those church leaders through a full morning of just practice, practical uh, experiential, how do you develop a worship team? How do you lead your church in this value? And what, what is the result of it? What is the biblical value of it? And we're so thankful. And so now uh, we came into the weekend and Sunday and a wonderful day, uh, continuing John 8 and worshiping and growing and uh, meeting new people and celebrating what Jesus has done. And then on a plane uh, to this retreat and uh, four or five days of just pouring out. So Thank you so much for your prayers. Well, enough uh, up, up front stuff and enough updating. As we start a new week, we're starting a new psalm. We, we kind of began this on uh, Friday. Psalm 63, this is a psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah, most likely later in his life when he is running from his son Absalom and Absalom's rebellion, trying to take over and usurp the throne of Israel. It didn't go well because Absalom was really defying God, not just his own dad, but he was defying God and taking matters into his own hands. It, does, it never goes well when we take matters into our own hands, when we resist the clear will and call of God in our lives. It never goes to a good place. Well, David is the picture of a person that submitted to the will of God, but that will of God has led him into a wilderness place. And I want to set this up today, and, and then we'll dive a little more deeply into it tomorrow, but maybe you're listening and tracking along with Enough for Today, and maybe you're in, personally, a wilderness place. Uh, maybe you're feeling lost, displaced, disoriented uh, because of a variety maybe of trials or burdens or tragedies that have befallen you. Well, you've come to the right psalm because David in this psalm 
could have looked back and just spent time regretting and um, thinking about the mistakes he made in his life. Because really it was those mistakes that led to this rebellion, this bitterness that Absalom had. It was his parenting mistakes. And how often we can spend unproductive, really destructive, discouraging time thinking through our regrets. And boy, we all have plenty of them. And the longer you live, the more of them you'll have to think about. But the gospel uh, forgives those mistakes. Jesus doesn't hold those in his memory. So he doesn't want you to spend a lot of time dwelling on these things. To the degree that we can learn and look forward, that's fine. To the degree that we need to repent, that's fine. But once these are placed on the cross, there's no sense in carrying them anymore. Uh, My friend, what we do sometimes is we say, well, I know Jesus suffered. I know Jesus takes these failures, uh, but, but the suffering of Jesus isn't enough. I need to suffer too. And so we sort of create in our own psyche an extended penance that we need to pay because this, and what we're saying when we say that is the suffering of Jesus just wasn't enough, that we deserve to pay. Now, my friend, yeah, maybe we all deserve to pay for our sins, but when, when, when we sing Jesus paid it all, when Jesus cried from the cross, it is finished, then the suffering and the wrath and the judgment was completed. And there's no reason for you to carry um, your failures. There's no reason for you to try to continue to pay. Uh, That's a fruitless endeavor. So David could have uh, just regretted. He could have melted, kind of melted down and collapsed in self-pity and just, just spent a lot of time licking his wounds. And there's plenty of times in the Psalms where David is mourning and grieving and lamenting. But in this Psalm, He looks up and he decides to anticipate seeing God in the wilderness. Now, this is a very special place to be when you're going through a hardship or a burden or a trial. To move past the self-pity, to move past the regret, and to lean into Jesus. I was talking to one of our staff members this past week that's been going through a difficult trial. And this person said to me, you know, this is a time when I am having to lean into Jesus in a way that I never uh, expected to. I was so proud of this particular staff member in in the right sense because that person is looking through the lens of this trial for God and seeking to glorify God and already is glorifying God in, in and through this trial. So David is reaffirming his faith. He is um, not simply regretting or fearing or complaining He is excited, actually, about God and about God's presence. He's away from the sanctuary. He's away from the priestly ministry, but he knows he's not out of the reach of God. And so he's reaching out in faith and he's looking up in faith, anticipating grace and strength and presence of God and power. And he's anticipating, what is God going to do? How am I going to experience God? What is he going to teach me as I go through this difficult time? And that's why I say you've come to the right psalm, because as we go through this week, I hope that you will allow God to open your eyes, broaden your perspective on your wilderness place, and begin to anticipate, look up and anticipate what God is going to do, who he's going to show himself to be, how he's going to come up, draw close to you, walk with you, comfort you, encourage you, and how he's going to navigate you through this time. 
So with that, I want to just read these 11 verses with you one more time as we did on Friday, and then we'll start to unfold it. But with that context of how do I look forward? How do I lean into? How do I walk through the wilderness with God? And how does that cultivate an anticipation of what he's going to show me of himself? So David writes, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Now we covered that verse on Friday. To see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen in the sanctuary, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate upon thee or on thee in the night watches, because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. But those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for foxes. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone that sweareth by him shall glory. But the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. So my friend, let's lean in to Jesus this week and let's walk with God through the wilderness and let's anticipate how he's going to show us his glory like we've seen at the high moments, at the wonderful moments, at the safe moments. Let's look for the glory of God in the vulnerable, in the dark, in the lonely, in the sorrowful, in the grief. Let's look and anticipate the glory and the strength and the presence of God in a new way. So happy Monday. We just begin our journey through Psalm 63. We'll see you tomorrow.